Welcome to Crosstown Cardboard, a sports card podcast with two collectors from opposite sides of New York City. Craig and Carmine share sports card stories from the perspective of a teacher and broadcaster. This is Crosstown Cardboard. Welcome to episode 27 of Crosstown Cardboard with my great friend who's getting ready for a hobby detox, getting ready for a big time vacation. That, of course, is Craig at New York City Sports Cards, the math teacher and the soccer coach in New York City, and myself at Carmine's Cards, the sports and news broadcaster from Westchester County, New York, originally Ossining, Sing Sing Prison. And then I broke out and I headed to Southern Oregon, now in Medford, across town, aka across the country, for my great friend Craig. And just a quick shout out and a big thank you to our buddy at Nagandi Cards, much better known as the ESPN Sports Center anchor Kevin Nagandi, on our last episode of our Philly series, all the different Philly card collectors. And uh, he was pretty easily the biggest household name that we've had on but if you haven't checked that out on episode 26 highly recommend great guy and really cool insight about how he got back into cards and his kids collecting and uh what he's collecting now and the philly influence on his collection but craig for episode 27 we're talking about hobby detox we're also talking about our recent moves that we've made i know you went to bleaker trade night in new york city but why did you think this was the time to talk about a hobby detox and also great to see you. How's it going? Great to see you too. I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. So <laughs> here I am wearing this, uh, this floral shirt here. It's actually yeah. Adidas. And you're probably thinking to yourself, Carmine, oh, floral shirt, you must be going to the Caribbean tomorrow. As a matter of fact, I am. So <laughs> what a great opportunity I felt this was to just shut off from life. Me and my wife, we're going to spend the week away together. I'm going to try to block everything off and just clear my head and just be present. So with that, we'll get into what this hobby detox is going to mean for me. But a couple of days ago, my wife did say to me, I wouldn't even say half joking, probably fully serious. She said, hey, Craig, so what card are you going to bring with you to take a picture of while we're on vacation? <laughs> nice. Yeah. But I don't have an answer for her yet. Uh, oh, no. Maybe. Your flight's at 5 a.m., bro. You, you got to decide quick. I'm putting it into God's hands that somehow, some way, a trading card will find its way to me that is on the island that we're going to right now. So now I know you've had success, and, and maybe it's a perfect time to talk about mm. a story of a card you picked up on one of your last trips that was, you know, way far away from the U.S. I don't know if you want to touch on that, but are there any card stores in the Caribbean or have you researched this? Somebody told me we're going to be in St. Lucia and somebody did tell me that there's a Walmart there. So Walmart can mean some packs. That, that would be a real shame if on one of our tours, uh, we happen to take a detour to the local Walmart to see what kind of packs I could find. Yeah, Everybody's like looking at the tropical animals and the ocean. And you're like, where's the nearest Walmart? I just, for some reason I have to. Yeah. I'm itching for some select retail right now. <laughs> yeah. But in all seriousness, being on this vacation, um, I, I, I spent a lot of time on Instagram scrolling through cards, and I have no problem with that. But I, I need a break, and maybe it's a forced break, right? Because I'm going on this vacation, so it's not like by choice. I'm saying, you know what? I need to take a week off from the hobby. It's more like a convenience thing where, okay, I'm going to be away for a week. I'm just going to spend some quality time with my wife, and 
I'm going to try not to scroll. I'm going to try not to do any transacting, buying cards, selling cards. But instead, I'm going to do a lot of thinking and a lot of reflecting, kind of just think about everything that I'm doing personally in the hobby, in cards throughout this year and kind of what the plan is moving forward. And I'm just going to use my thoughts, the ocean and the sun to help gather my thoughts and just take a break from everything we see online on a daily basis. And I think that's a great point because it'd be pretty hard to take a forced break. I mean, I'm sure you could still do it with your willpower, but it'd be pretty hard just sitting in your New York City apartment and you might get bored and then you're like, well, what do I do with some of this free time? Um, There's a million things you could do, but if you're in the Caribbean, it's a lot easier, especially with your wife enjoying the sights. It's probably a lot easier to use that time to take a break than if you were going to try to do it in your daily life. Yeah. And I was, uh, I consume a lot of card content as I'm sure anyone who's listening to this does as well. And I was talking to my good buddy, John, who is the Messi collector, Leo Messi collector. He's a big Lionel Messi collector, a huge collection. He's a really good friend of mine. He's got a son that plays soccer and him and I were had a really good quality conversation at Bleaker, just talking about card content. And he was saying how at this point, when he drives to work, he's in sanitation. It's just all day, every day, card content, and he cannot get enough of it. Wow. And it, it was almost kind of refreshing to hear that because a lot of time, times I'm in the same boat thinking like, wow, I'm scrolling through a lot of cards. I am listening to a lot of card podcasts. Is this too much? But it's just, it's what I enjoy. And, have, and hearing him say the same thing kind of validated that feeling that it's okay that we love this hobby so much. Just for me personally, I'm going to take a week off and – just reflect, reflect on where I stand. So when you picture yourself, Craig, in just a short 24 hours from now, you're going to be in the Caribbean, probably with a pina colada on the beach, toes in the sand, no cards in sight. What do you envision yourself thinking about? Of course, you know, outside the hobby, we know, you know, you'll be relaxing and all that. But as far as the detox and that part of it, what do you hope to get out of that part? That's a great question. So I think a lot about reflection in my line of work, being a teacher, being a coach, like I had a, I practice tonight with the girls that I coach. So as I'm leaving practice, I already start to reflect, you know, how did that session go? What did I like about it? What can I do better the next time? Same thing with teaching, plan a lesson, execute that lesson. I think about what went well, what would I do better the next time? Just like with you, with broadcasting, I'm sure after you finish a broadcast, you think about what you did. Maybe yep. something you really like that you want to strengthen. So I'm going to do a lot of reflecting. So for me personally, and everyone hobbies their own way, I think about three things. One, this podcast in particular. Two, all the content I consume. That includes scrolling through Instagram, through Facebook, YouTube videos, and other podcasts that I listen to. And then the third kind of category are the actual cards. Why we do this. So with my cards, my personal collection and my inventory, right? Stuff that I bring to shows and whatnot. And then we'll add a fourth category into that relationships. So I'm going to spend a time thinking about this podcast, thinking about the content I consume, thinking about the cards that I pick up and thinking about my relationships in just the last four months, right? This calendar year, what have I done? What has brought me the most joy? And then what's the plan for the next? We'll just, for argument's sake, we'll just say this year, but obviously this hobby is ever, you know, never ending. 
but just how I want the next few months leading up to national, how that's going to look and what I could do to put myself in a position to be like the best hobby participant to my standards. Yeah, that's great that you're going to use this time to take a step back, look at it big picture, because just like anything, you know, we're going through life, we're moving along day after day. It's a lot of times it's hard to take a step back and reflect and then try to make intentional moves that will set you up for a better position in life and in the hobby. And I wasn't thinking about this before we got onto our podcast, but I would love for you. And I think our listeners and viewers, which by the way, thanks to anybody taking the time to lend us an ear and join us on this great hobby journey that we're on and we're trying to include everybody in, but can you tell people about your excursion on one of your last vacations and how you found an awesome card? Oof. All right. I'm going to try to keep this story short. It's a great story. I was on my honeymoon. We were in Hawaii and we took a trip. Uh, We were in Hilo. So I think we had just come from the volcanoes, but we were walking around Hilo, which is a really cool town, places to eat, shops. And we stumbled upon this place and in the window was some clothes and I saw some sports items. So once there's a little bit, you know, some breadcrumbs, you're like, all right, well, I need to go learn more. So I walk in and it's this little kind of boutique shop where there's a bunch of clothes and then there's cards and memorabilia, but it's a lot of like vintagey type stuff. So the guy that ran the shop, I forgot what it was called, but I know it was in Hilo, Hawaii. He was a former cop and he owned the shop. And the guy who owned it was a big Ichiro and Manny Pacquiao fan. So he had some incredible old cards that I had never seen of Ichiro. He had a bunch of autographs and game-worn memorabilia of Ichiro, Manny Pacquiao. And then there were a bunch of old, like, vintage baseball, basketball packs and all that. Super cool. I have pictures, which I will send you, and you'll be able to look at if you're on the YouTube page here. But I learned that Ichiro, before he came to the U.S. as a rookie in 2001, actually played baseball in Hawaii in 1993. Oh, wow. For the Hilo Stars, I think was the team name. So naturally, the Japanese or not the, the Hawaii Baseball League made baseball cards in 1993 for Ichiro's when he played there for that year. Now, so the yeah. original 1993 cards, pretty exclusive. But what uh, Larry, Uncle Larry was his name, the guy that ran the shop. Uncle, no relation to Uncle Rob, the sports card. There. Correct, correct. Uncle Larry gave me a really good deal on not the original 93. Ichiro card from the Hawaii League, but in 2001, they made a reprint set of it. Still super rare, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, we're talking about a card that's over 20 years old. So he gave me a really nice deal on that. I also picked up a a New York Knicks media guide from the season that Larry Johnson had the four-point play. (laughs) Nice. This was just sitting in a random shop in Hawaii. So I bought this Ichiro card from him raw. I have some great pictures. And keep in mind, this was sitting in Uncle Larry's collection for 20 years. I sent wow. it into Beckett grading about a year later. You ask yourself, why do you send something into Beckett if it's just going to be a card that you keep anyway? Like, I'm not going to sell it. It's just like the, the protection of it, right? It feels good to yeah. be in a lab. This 2001 Ichiro card featuring him in his Hawaii jersey came back a true gem plus. Wow. All nine fives and a 10 of a card that had been sitting in a little shop in Hawaii for two decades. So that is one of my favorite. You want to talk about cards that will never, ever, ever leave my collection? 
it's that one right there with the story behind it. The fact that I got on my honeymoon, my wife gave me 45 minutes to look around the shop and talk to Uncle Larry. And I don't know, maybe uh, we can create a little bit of that same magic this week. That's awesome. I'm so glad you told that story. And by the way, we're not going to really get into the Beckett thing because everybody else is talking about it. But at one point, that was a Beckett 10 that recently went into the Beckett 10 category. Now it's a 9.5 again. Now it's a 9.5 again. But uh, no, that's awesome. That is awesome. Who knows who you're going to find on this uh, Caribbean trip that, you know, who you didn't even know, maybe played in a Caribbean league or whatever. And then all of a sudden, bam, you got a car to them. And uh, I always love how, first of all, your wife, my goodness, all the wives and girlfriends out there who give us the space to um, do something fun and boyfriends appreciate husband. the hobby. Yeah. Boyfriends, husbands. You're right. I should include, you know, the, the great women of the hobby too. Any loved one who gives their significant other or their friends the space to do something cool, whether it's sports cards or something else, give yourself a round of applause. I mean, that that is just great. On your honeymoon, no less, yep. for your wife to give you 45 minutes to explore this place. And now you have a lifelong story that uh, is, you know, is just awesome that you can tell. Um, that That is great. That is great. So let me ask you this, Craig, because I another thing I appreciate about this podcast is that each of us can take the lead depending on what the episode is and what each of us is going through at that time. And, you know, we just let the other person take the floor. And right now your, you know, your hobby detox is the main thing. And I want to talk about this bleaker trade night that you recently went to, because I always love, you're so open to these opportunities, whether it's on your honeymoon, whether it's going to the Caribbean now or at the bleaker trade night of whatever comes up somehow, you know, with your, great personality welcoming to everybody these moments just serendipitous as the yeah. great uh, walt clyde frazier would say and uh somehow something great usually comes out of it so what happened at this bleaker trade night that yeah you wanted to talk about and last point on the hobby detox there's really not much more to get into because i mean this is going to be my own thoughts and my own reflection but it's i'm considering it a week off from the hobby you know, it doesn't yeah. mean I'm not thinking about it, but as far as scrolling and transacting, just a week off, right? I have a feeling when I get back a week later, the hobby's still going to be here and nothing's going to change for me. That's a, that'd be a good bet. Yeah. But Bleaker, I always have such a good time at Bleaker Trade Night because one, they're always so welcoming. The hospitality is amazing, but it's just the people and the interactions. So that it was a big trade night because the, the card talk pod guys were all there. Okay. Right. So, so, you know, big crowd, they had the cameras and everything. But for me personally, all the fun I was having was in the backyard interacting with the kids at the hobby. There were two different interactions. Um, my friend, Matt, who lives in my neighborhood, he was with me the whole time, man, these little 13, 14, 16 year old kids that are navigating with their cases, especially these New York city teens. These kids are no joke, but I was having so much fun just talking cards with them a little back and forth and they were ruthless but <laughs> pretty awesome to see that how, how these social skills and the business savvy these kids are at such young ages and you know being the teacher that i am when i see these kids walking around like it's my instincts to call them over be like hey you know show me the cards you got you know let's just let's talk it up a little bit so yeah that, it was such a fun night for me 
I think I bought one or two cards the whole night. Not much transacting happening, but just hanging out with my friends that were already there and meeting these kids. It was just one 13, 14 year old kid. He was like, he's like goats and cards on Instagram. Listen, if you're not ready to take a beating, do not enter this kid's territory because he will, <laughs> he will give it to you. Is this is this a is this a verbal beating yeah. in a negotiation or what? Yeah. Like what what are oh, these yeah. kids saying? Well, this one kid in particular had a real potty mouth, but he had a nice. Uh, I remember <laughs> I was trying to buy a Jude Bellingham orange off of him, and I'm like, yeah, I'm only really trying to pay X amount for it. And he says to me, he's like, hey, you really suck at negotiating. Oh wow, yeah, uh, ruthless, but fun, very fun nonetheless. So ruthless is in these kids are not they they're getting the best end of the deal and it's not it's not going to be uh, much of a win for the buyer you're saying. And if they don't like your offer, they're 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 going to tell you that you're whack. Wow. Yeah. So the direct did you appreciate the directness though? I mean, from the kids? Oh, I, yeah, they, I gave it. I gave it right back to them. Oh, okay. That's how I rolled. Okay. So what did you pick up? A Kevin Durant tie dye patch, which is gone. That legitimately might be the only card that I bought. I was so just you there. Flip, you flipped it at the trade night again, or after? no? I bought it. I bought it from there from a friend of mine. And you know what? The 13, 14 year old kid, I couldn't help myself. I bought a, a J.R. Smith gold refractor from 2004 Tops. I saw that out of 99. So I did buy that from him because I I, I felt bad leaving empty handed. So I guess the kid pulled he pulled a, a W on me. So good for him. Okay. And that wasn't a rookie, was it, that year? No. You know what I looked up? And and I uh, looked up, You speaking of the gold refractors, uh, I have the David Lee that I mentioned in the past oh, episode. Yeah. The uh, True Gem, BGS 9.5. He's dunking on Sagana Jop, and it's his rookie card numbered out of 99. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, so it's the same year, the one that uh, J.R. Smith that I got. Okay, yeah. And I was looking up, you know, just shout out to our Knicks. Uh, hmm. I, I was looking up David Lee's stats and he was a 20 and 10 guy, basically. I mean, 18, 19, 20 and 10 rebounds for about six years from the Knicks, his last couple years on the Knicks. And then like four years with the Warriors, you know, you forget that he was on the Warriors because Draymond Green came in, took his spot after David hmm. Lee got injured. But, uh, he was, you know, he was quite the guy. I mean, let's, okay. let's pump up our Knicks here heading into this, uh, series against the Cleveland Cleveland Cavaliers. Can you detail what our bet is against our boy, Joe? Yeah, Joey D cards. Great friend of ours in this hobby. Super nice collection too. Very high-end Cavaliers, LeBron stuff. Just a little friendly bet. Two versus one. If He's a big Cavs fan. If the Cavs win the series, you and I are going to chip in and buy him a Cavs card. When the Knicks win the series, he's going to buy each of us a Knicks card. Yes, and this is a $50 max. Yeah, just, just a little fun, right? Nothing nothing crazy here. Yeah. So uh, what do you think happens in that series? I think the Knicks are going to win in seven. Uh, mm, I hope the Knicks sweep because I am going to game four. So it'll be pretty oh, cool. Nice. It'll be pretty cool to be there when the Knicks sweep. But yeah, I've spoken to a few people through cards in the hobby that will be at the game. So that's fun. Wow. Okay. That'd be great if the Knicks can win because, you know, last time we were in the playoffs, which was right with the pandemic and, you know, the garden was rocking. Remember, they just let everybody back in 
during the pandemic. And that was the first playoffs since the bubble. They just decided, boom, we're going to let everybody in for the playoffs. The garden was back rocking. We're back in the playoffs. And then Trey young, bing bong, the original, uh, well, not the original, but the most recent hated guy by the Knicks and his Hawks cut our hearts out and beat us in five games in that uh, first round series. So we got to bounce back and Craig in, in honor of the Knicks, potential run in this playoffs i got this rj barrett silhouettes crown royale rpa unfortunately it's player worn but you know these days what can you do on card auto numbered out of 25 three color patch pretty cool one of the recent pickups to try to uh you know honor the knicks what we hope is a potential playoff run so can i show a pickup oh yeah go for it so I know you're a big fan of these. Oh yeah, you 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 told me that you wouldn't let me negotiate with you because you want to shop this one around. Yeah. So and this is an Allen Iverson sneaker spotlight on card autograph out of ninety nine. And Carmine, I am not going to put you on blast for the card that you offered me that you thought was pretty close to even, but <laughs> that is blasphemy. No, why? Why blasphemy that you thought those cards were even? No, no, I thought it was close. The card I offered you, I just showed. I'm not saying it. I don't want to put you on blast because I don't want to say it. But if you want to, go for it. No, but listen, we started the negotiation. Listen, if I thought that I would be getting the worst end of the deal, of course, I wouldn't have proposed it. But I'm saying I offered this RJ as a starting point I see. to talk about your sneaker spotlight with the questions with the answer on the mm -hmm. same card. That's I that's see. one of the reasons he's wearing the questions, right? I believe oof. his Reebok, uh, his Reebok line. Yeah, no, definitely his shoes. Here, here's my my problem with the trade like this. Okay, right? let's talk. It, this is good. A live breakdown of this potential. Yeah, sure. If I act. pick up a Knicks card, it's not something I'm going to flip, and that's okay. I like picking up stuff that's I'm going to PC. Yeah. But if I'm going to trade this Iverson sneaker spotlight on card autograph, which has gotten a lot of interest. I'm sure it has. I know that I'll be able to. This is not a card. I, I have no problem holding on to this one. This is sweet. And up on the Cross on Cardboard YouTube page, we'll show a picture of me wearing Iversons back in the day. So you understand the sentimental value. I just know, and I'll hold on to this till national if I have to. Okay. There's enough comps on this where I can get the value I need out of it and turn it into something I really want. Not that the RJ is not cool. Is it something I really want? Probably not. Okay. And I respect that. I'm going to look up the uh, Allen Iverson sneaker spotlight right now. Oh, yeah. Comps range from 600 to 800 over the last six to seven months. So now let me ask you this because is, does it have a part to do with the risk factor of the Knicks being so close to the playoffs that, you know, this RJ RPA might fluctuate quite a bit more than the Allen Iverson? I just went, when I think about what I want my collection to look like, I just, you know how I feel about player one. Can't do I, And I know it's a rookie. I get it. I can't do it. Yeah. Now. Even if there's, here's a, another good point. Even if there's not that many options, I mean, to get game worn stuff of these guys these days is going to be a very high end product. Like, you know, some of the flawless have the RPA game worn. I think national treasures these days is pretty much authentic material. With a, with I know with the newer guys, you know, like Lamelo Ball and that kind of thing. So you won't make any exceptions for this 
I, I don't for have this, for this Knicks run. No, I've always said I really don't love. I just don't love modern day products for that reason. Okay. You know, I don't have any Jalen Brunson cards because I'm. I'd love something of him in a Knicks uniform. I don't need yeah. a Jalen Brunson Mavericks card in my PC. RJ Barrett. I don't know. I don't. I've never really had a high end card of his. I'm just not a fan of the products over the last few years. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I'm looking at the recent prices on the uh, Allen Iverson sneaker spotlight. Twenty twenty one. Ninety nine. 2021 but can i show it while you do that can i show another pickup yes you can i'm yeah you're right i'm seeing like 650 on the bgs 85 raws like 600 yeah you're right between like six and 750 there's one at 780 on october 1st there's one at 900 back on september 15th but yeah that's and those i mean they're so cool like for that value the cool factor is also gonna have it be more desirable you know you have to factor that in too yeah but we'll see i like it i got this one from extraordinary cards from dave he was very Thanks. fair in allowing me to trade some a whole bunch of stuff oh okay i'll so cool with that one um speaking of game one though this card is right in my alley this is one i just picked up uh Giannis, 2015 nice. select so it's third year for him i love orange and green kind of co- color contrast okay and game one um, the orange. Take a guess what this is numbered out of. Uh, thirty-five. Yeah, very good. Yeah, because I know the orange and select a lot of times is thirty-five. So this is twenty fifteen Giannis select orange prism game worn jersey and a PSA nine. This is a pop one. Nice with two higher. I like this one. It's Giannis. It's game worn. It's low pop, and there's really no comps on it, which is right at my wheelhouse. So. Every time I pick up a Giannis card now, I think like, eh, can I flip it and make a little something off of it? But at the same time, I like growing my Giannis collection because he's a player that I collect. Yeah, I know you're a big Giannis guy, and I I have picked the Bucks to come out of the East. I think they're, you know, if they're healthy and Middleton is, you know, his usual self, and they, you know, I think they're coming out of the East. Although I think it'll be a bloodbath between the Celtics the 76ers and the Bucks, which is one of the reasons I picked up speaking of game worn. That's sweet. This Joel Embiid flawless game used patch, three color patch with the on card auto BGS nine with the 10 auto and it's the Ruby. So numbered out of 15 big fan of that card. Thanks bro. For the potential MVP. I think he'll win. Yeah. It seems like I know he's got the odds right now in his favor. But uh, who gets your MVP vote? Yeah, right. I should have had my Jokic uh, flawless patch auto on here that I recently sold. But I know our boys, uh, Cousins Collectibles, Tony and the People's Mailman Oz are big fans of this one. Part of our Philly series also. But uh, yeah, that's that's uh, right up my alley as far as the flawless um, and then the patch and the auto. You don't see a lot of Joel Embiid cards like that. Yeah. There's, there's a few, but you know, I feel like he's so cheap right now. You know, like this card is like between 500 and 750, depending on like what recent sales you use. And if you look at like the comparable sales of Giannis, although Giannis, you know, has the championship and a couple MVPs and a finals MVP, you know, I could see why he would be valued a lot higher, but the gap between, Embiid 
and Jokic is definitely higher than Embiid, but Giannis has really taken off as far as values that I've seen on his nicer higher end stuff, which is well-deserved, but I'm sometimes surprised at how big that gap is between Giannis and Embiid and Jokic, although Giannis does have the title. Yeah, I mean, titles, titles, baby. Yeah. But it, on the topic of people who don't have titles and don't have success in the playoffs, I picked up a card, um, not really my style, but just liquidity purposes. And I think it's Cousin Oz, who's a big fan of acetates. This is a, a Mike Trout Ooh. acetate on card autograph. Nice. Yeah. Numbered or no? Not numbered. This was a redemption that was redeemed. The seal is still on it. Why did I get this one? Well, if you go back to our episode, The Payoff of Patience, I had this Brendan Aronson, which you probably even know who that is. Yes. No, I, I only know because you told me. USA okay. soccer player. Yes. So I have his Bowman rookie, numbered out of 150. Very, very rare and hard to find. And I know the value that I was into it for. Just a very niche collecting circle. Like not many people collect him. So I had this card for months and months and months, and I just had it and no interest. And finally, I found someone on Facebook who collected him. This was through a soccer, an MLS group. And I traded the Aronson straight up for this Mike Trout. And what value did you put on those two? 350 each. Okay. Then that's so pretty much what I was into the Aronson for. Because the Aronson and... is like more of a niche thing, like you yeah. said. I mean, there's not that many people in the hobby who would recognize Brendan Aronson and be like, oh, I got to get that. But if you trade something that's a little more rare and you find – somebody whose niche that is and you get right. something more mainstream with a similar value if you plan to flip it that could be a good move for you if you want to get cash out of it All right so it's like one of those instances is it in your favor to trade liquid to more rare or rare to more liquid in this case it just it works for both of us so i got something way more liquid and at the same time if i can't sell or trade this i don't mind having a mike trout on card autograph in my collection that's great and uh I'm hoping to eventually circle back to the RJ and uh, sneaker spotlight. I was willing to add some cash. Now, let me ask you this. Okay, let's go back to it now because I see oh, a look God. on your face. <laughs> I know. And and listen, it's okay if you deny me. I won't feel bad. We'll we'll still have the podcast even after your hobby detox. So we have these two, right? All right. So let's put your value between like six to 700. Mine hasn't sold recently, but the last sale for a number at a numbered out of 25 that I could find on card ladder was 550 for this RPA three colors numbered out of 25. So if you look at face value, you'd say the values aren't far off. Let's now, I know that the sale on mine was a little over a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. So how much cash would you need to actually accept a trade from my RJ adding cash to get your AI and and I won't be offended. My problem was I was looking at that same card. So it's an RJ Barrett crown Royale RPA. I was looking at the same card, but not a patch, just the Jersey version. Yeah. And it's not great. It's no, not great. it's not. It's not great. But it's a much different card though. It's hard to, it's hard to do that exchange rate from the Barrett, you know, what is it numbered out of one ninety nine in the Something crown, like that, yeah. in, in the crown. I'll look it up right now. Um, it's hard to do that exchange rate when you're looking at an RPA non-patch, you know, to one with a patch numbered out of 25. So you're looking at the serial number difference and the patch to just 
napkin player worn. You know, I, I, I know you didn't like that. It's okay. Hey, I still love you though. And I still love the Knicks. All right. So let's, let's, let's look at this real quick. And I don't want to spend too much more time on this, but it's kind of fun to live negotiate. So, all right. So the last two in April, okay. The crown Royale RPA, but it's really not an RPA because it's just a napkin, a blue player worn Jersey. RNA. RNA. It's it's an RNA. Rookie napkin auto. And uh, also a medical treatment as well, which hopefully we can, uh, work something out to where I don't get surgically operated on in this deal. The last, the last two went for 80 and 90 in early April numbered at a 199 napkin RPA of RJ Barrett. So where would you put this out of 25? If these at a 199, I know it's a hard exchange rate, but what do you 250, say? 250, 300. Ah, that's what I'm into it for. There you go. So how much cash do I need to add? I mean, listen, we, we keep it real here, right? Yeah. I just don't want it. Oh, <laughs> I, don't want me. It. I don't want it. Oh, wow. That's it. Simple. Okay. Not my taste. We all, you know, just different, different uh, strokes for different folks. Okay. All right. Listen. And but hey, here is. For saving me the time. This is a lesson, I would say, unintentionally on basically how to be kind in telling someone you just, you're not feeling what they're putting down. Okay. Like I could just said like, nah. Right. But I'm, I'm coming <laughs> to you to respect. I'm being honest with you in negotiation, communication and honesty is important and common. That is just not the card for me. So I, I appreciate you taking the time to offer it to me, but I would rather have my Iverson sneaker spotlight autograph than the RJ RPA respectfully, but go next. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for adding that at the end. I feel like that was good. That's good new stuff, hopefully, for people who are listening and watching to see that, you know, even though originally you told me you just don't want it, which actually wasn't the worst thing to say. I mean, that was still honest. But don't leave somebody on red. Don't leave somebody on scene because that's happened to me also recently. And I get messages from people, too, sometimes, especially after our um, our episode earlier on how to act right with dealing online. And one of our biggest points was just have some respect and get back to the person, uh, you know, and don't leave them on red. Don't leave them on scene. And sometimes I'll get people who message me and say, Hey, this guy left me on red. Or even they'll say, I left this person on red myself. And now, you know, you guys saying that reminded me that I should try to get back to that person, even if I'm not picking up what they're putting down. Well, I'm glad some of our older episodes are still topical mm-hmm. and relevant. And I think a lot of our episodes are, right? So that yeah. like, you don't really have to listen to them in sequential order, but they're all still relevant today. Um, I got an early flight to catch. So yeah. let's let's put our closing thoughts in here. I hope, first of all, I hope first and foremost, I come back from this vacation rested and refreshed and I've had amazing quality time with my wife. But I do hope I leave with clarity. And we're not just talking about cards here. I'm not going to sit on the beach thinking about cards all day. You know, of course not. talking about the future with my wife and teaching and coaching and cards are a part of my life. But I do hope that I have a little clarity on this direction that I want to take with the hobby, which it could be the same direction that I'm in now. But I guess a week from now, uh, come report back and we'll talk about it. Yeah, I can't wait to hear that. I can't wait to uh, hear the 
clear mind, clear eyes, full heart, can't lose can't. mentality that you come back with. Uh, I think that'll be great. And I and I think that if you're thinking about cards while you're on a tropical beach, you might be being a little silly at that point. But I'm sure it, you'll be thinking about it, you know, in spurts. Um, but I know you'll come back with a new focus and a rejuvenation for uh, jumping back into it. And I just wanted to show you a couple more pickups, Craig, real quick. Two of my favorite guys. The one the one guy is my favorite classic, of course, Larry Bird. Flawless, on-card auto, numbered 1 out of 10 from the 2015-2016 set. And it's got the blue look to it, which, by the way, is going into the PC. But uh, a lot of these have the 1 of 1, you know, like my Bo Jackson that I showed off with uh, Kevin Nagandi on the last episode. With this colorway, have the have the uh, one of one. So I was originally fooled into thinking that this one itself was a one of one, but uh, it was not. It's okay though; it's still out of ten, uh, which is you know awesome in its own right. So I'll, I'll pull up the uh, Bo Jackson as well right here that you might mistake for that same blue look, but uh, still cool new Larry Bird into the PC. And then this Steve Nash, first year flawless, uh, numbered to 15, another Ruby, just like the Embiid on card auto. First year flawless, 2012, 2013. Mm. Um, you don't so that's a lot of autographs. No, he doesn't have a lot of autos out there, Steve Nash. So that's pretty cool. Although the one thing that disappoints me sometimes is when it's the inscription set and the athlete chooses not to put an inscription on there because that's always something that you look forward to. Well, that's a Lakers card. Maybe he felt like there was nothing notable that came of his Lakers career. Could be. Yeah, that's probably it. I'll ask him next time I see him. How, how awesome would like back-to-back -back MVP on there or – Would have been. You should go. You should meet him and go get him signs. He will be hosting a soccer tournament in New York City this Saturday. Wow. Okay. Well, by the time you're – you're uh, on your Caribbean trip. I'll pop over to New York and I'll then, give you the uh, key. You could stay in the apartment. Don't worry. <laughs> just take the dog out. Everything will be okay. Okay. And then we can get back uh, just in time for Crosstown Cardboard episode 28. I want to leave you with this thought. Um, my conversation, I have many good conversations with John. Again, he's the Leo Messi collector at Bleaker. I can't remember everything we talked about because it was a little loud back there. If you catch my drift. Oh, but really? The high life. Them. Um, but we were talking about how if you're going to spend so much time and energy and focus and money in this hobby, don't you want to do it well and do it right? Mm -hmm. So, so when you and I we, we talk about these cards, we pick up like there's a method to the madness, right? It's very calculated. So that's why you know take some time to reflect, right? What kind of moves are you making? Are you are you making smart, calculated, sophisticated moves in the cards that you buy and the relationships that you make in this hobby? Just if you're going to put this time into it, try to do it right. Yeah. And I think the big thing that I've learned now that, you know, I'm approaching 30 and you just reached the 30 benchmark is that everything in life and in cards doesn't happen by osmosis. Like you can easily just go with the flow and have things take you in a certain direction. And all of a sudden you're either months or years down the road. You're like, how the hell did I get here? But 
making those intentional decisions, even though they can be difficult in life or in cards, like you're making this intentional move to go on a vacation. If you didn't sit down and plan this with your wife and say, hey, listen, we need some time away. We need to connect and block everything else out and focus on our relationship and focus on just relaxing, detoxing. It wouldn't happen, you know, so and that's the same thing with anything that I've realized that these intentional moves, even though it's harder to sit down, take time out of life to plan and look to the future are just so crucial because you can look back and say to yourself, wow, what happened? And it's so easy to just let life and those important moments pass you by. Wow, that's deep. Reminds me of the Ferris Bueller line. What is it? <laughs> Shoot, I don't have it off the top of my head. I was going to say, I hope it's not Bueller. Bueller. Life, mo life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Boom. Well, good luck on your day off in the Caribbean, Craig. <laughs> on that note, see you next week. All right, bro. Peace.